Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. And uh, brother pastor, I know you want to be up here this morning. And uh, we've been praying for you. We'll continue to pray and uh, prayerfully back to the pulpit next Sunday. And uh, if your wife is want to write your messages, maybe she can fill in for you. And uh, we, we'll just be praying that something will take place there. Okay. A.W. Tozer wrote this, When Jesus died on the cross, the mercy of God did not become any greater. It could not become any greater, for it was already infinite. It was the mercy of God that gave us Calvary, not Calvary that gave us mercy. If God had not been merciful, there would have been no incarnation, no babe in the manger, no man on a cross, and no open tomb. Well, today, I want you to know that, you know, the mercies of God extend out. The mercies of God, have, we've experienced that in our lives recently as, as we've gone through what, what the country and the world is going through with this virus or whatever it is. But I want you to know today that there is a place beyond the mercy of God. And uh, we need to be aware of that today, whether saved or lost. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this privilege that I have today of uh, breaking the bread of life. And Lord, you are the giver of life. And I pray for anyone listening in, in this uh, building or uh, on the internet or radio, I pray that each one would listen. And that Lord, that uh, your word would go forth with the power you intended. May I not get in the way, but uh, may Lord, you be exalted today in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me, if you would, Luke chapter 16. And we're going to look at a, a passage here, and we're going to uh, start in verse 19, very familiar passages to many of us who have studied and read the Word of God, that uh, this is a, a passage where Jesus himself is speaking. He's telling this. It is not a parable. This is the Word of God. This is true. This is about true people, not simply a parable. Luke 16, verses 19 through 31. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. These were two individuals. One was rich, one was poor. One was a rich man. And uh, it says a certain rich man. You know, I've got a book uh, that was written uh, by Oliver Green, entitled Hell. And uh, indirectly, there was a, a tract that came into my possession years ago, and it was entitled Hell. And guess who wrote that tract? Oliver Green. And as I read that tract and, and studied that, God got a hold of my heart, and uh, it was soon after that I gave my heart to the Lord. Well, I had occasion, you know, I believe it was yesterday, uh, I was looking up, and I, it came across my mind again, and, and I looked at uh, the word hell up, and, and I looked there, and Oliver Green's name popped up. And one person had written there, one of the uh, people who had looked at the book, and they, they give you know indication of how they liked it. Well, this one man said, how dare someone try to tell us that a parable is uh, actually true? that it is actually about a person. In other words, he went ahead and he ridiculed uh, Oliver Green. Well, I got news for you. This is the Word of God. God does not lie, and this is not a parable. This is true. A certain man and a certain beggar named Lazarus. 
Now verse 21, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, this is Lazarus of course, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. He was not carried by any angels as the beggar was. He died and was buried. But notice here what happened. Verse 23, and in hell, the rich man, in hell he lift up his eyes, begin torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you there was a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said, He saith this unto him. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. It's interesting to note here that uh, Lazarus was enjoying the mercies of God after death. And on the other hand, the mercies of God had run out for the rich man. He was no longer receiving the mercies of God. Now you may not have thought about it before, but there is a place beyond the mercy of God. Now, Mercy appears over 200, well, 276 times in the Bible. 59 times in the New Testament. Jacob said in Genesis chapter 32 and verse 10, I am not worthy of the least of all thy mercies. Have you ever felt that way? I'm not worthy of the least of thy mercies, God. David said, have mercy upon us, O Lord, and have mercy uh, upon us. Psalm 123.3. Habakkuk said in Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 2, O Lord, in wrath, remember mercy. You remember the publican as he was there on the street and a Pharisee was on the other side and a Pharisee wouldn't, he crossed the street, he wouldn't have anything to do with the publican. The publican wouldn't so much as raise his head. He says, God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And through the mercies of God, that publican, I believe, got saved because he trusted Jesus Christ, God, as his Savior. Well, God's mercy is seen in many places in the Word of God. Hezekiah, God in His mercy, added 15 years to his life. The life of Moses in Exodus, Exodus chapter 32 and verse 32. Moses prayed this prayer after a great sin of the people. Blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. You remember the, uh, the time when Moses and Joshua had gone upon the mount to receive the Ten Commandments. How they were up there. And God had written them down on the tablets. And Moses, he heard something. God said, get you down, Moses, because these people have sinned a great sin. And as they were coming down, Joshua said, it sounds like war. Moses said, no, it's not war. These people have risen up against God. And as he continued down, 
they heard music, Christian so-called rock playing, Christian so-called dancing going on down there. And by the way, there is no such thing as Christian rock. There is no such thing as Christian adultery. There is no such thing as Christian homosexuality, although people can be saved, who indulge in those things. But God is so good, and as Moses came down, God was going to wipe them out. And Moses said, Lord, before you do that, don't do that. Blot my name out, but don't, don't, do what the, don't, don't do that. Blot my name out. Well, God didn't blot his name out, but I want you to know that 3,000 people died that day. The people went in and out, the Levites. They went in and out, and they slew the people. 3,000. If you keep reading, you'll find out that they paid more because of that sin of rising up against God. And if I'd have been God, thank God I'm not God because I would have killed Aaron. Because Aaron, I believe, sinned a great sin against God that day. Read the account. Well, notice he was, his mercy was great, even for the nation Israel. And think about today, the lives of, of the people who are saved Titus 3.5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. And you know, He's, he's good to the saved people. His mercy is there, but His mercy is also for unsaved people today. Even for those, for those who have never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some men count slackness but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's mercy ran out in the days of Noah. Noah preached. He preached, and I've heard this before, he preached with the Word in one hand. I don't know if he had the completed Word at that time. He didn't. But he preached the Word of God and with a hammer in another hand. He worked and he preached. He warned the people that the mercy of God was going to run out one day. Well, they ignored that. But when God shut the door on that ark, mercy was gone for those people who were outside. But God's mercy continued for those people who were inside. The days of Lot, God's mercy ran out. You know, the, the account is given where three people came to Abraham. He saw them coming. Kill the fatted calf. Bring it on. I'm going to feed these people. Well, I believe those three was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God the Father said, I'm going to have Sodom destroyed. Well, if you've read, you know that how that Abraham said, well, if there be so many people there that is righteous, would you just not destroy it? He said, yeah, I'm not destroyed. I think it got down to 10 people. He said, if for 10 people, if there's 10 righteous people there, would you not destroy the city? And God said, yeah, for 10 people, I'll not destroy it. But we know there was not even 10 people there who was righteous. God's mercy ran out on Sodom. And I believe those two who went down to Sodom. Now, some will disagree with me. That's fine. You'll find out in heaven one day that I believe those two was God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. Who better to destroy creation than the one who created it? The one who spoke into existence this world and this universe. The one who created and 
There was not anything made that was made without Jesus Christ. And I believe the Holy Spirit led them and took them out of there. The ones who got saved, or who was saved from that place. We know his wife was turned into a pillar of salt. Well, you know, God's cup is going to be overflowing one day. Time is going to run out. Days are ahead. In Revelation 16, 19, it says, The cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. There is a place beyond the mercies of God. And we all need to realize that today. That there is a place that the mercies of God ran out. And first of all, run out. And the place of hell. The place of hell. But preacher, if you ever ask God, what did, why would he want you to preach a certain message? And you, you just kind of say, Lord, why am I going to preach this? Why am I going to do this? Well, I believe that we do that because God wants us to. We preach what God wants us to. And he wants you to hear today about the awfulness of hell. He wants you to understand that the mercies of his mercies will run out one day. Now, hell is mentioned 31 times in the Old Testament, King James. 23 times in the New Testament, King James. Jesus spoke about, uh, he spoke 16 times about hell in the New Testament. Well, the NIV, the uh, New International Perversion, says there is no hell in the Old Testament. It says there is only 14 times in the New Testament when it is mentioned. The ESV, the English Standard Perversion, says that, uh, you know, it, it removes hell 40 times out of the Word of God. I believe the book. I do not believe these rascals who wrote those perversions. I believe the Word of God, the King James Bible. If there is no hell, we don't need the Bible. If there is no hell, we don't need a church. If there is no hell, we don't need a preacher. If there is no hell, we don't need Sunday services. We don't need revival. We don't need prayer meetings. If there is no hell, we do not need a Savior. We're wasting our time today. If there is no hell, well, I've got news for you. There is a hell. Lost sinners go there. Lost loved ones go there. Those people who do not trust Jesus Christ as Savior, they go there. There's some dropping off into the pits of hell right now as I speak. There is no mercy there. Hell is a real place. Hell is no joke. And I think that these folks who draw the devil with the tail, the pitchfork, and the horns, they have their best time around Halloween. They make big jokes about the devil. People dress up like the devil. But the hell is no joke. Did you know that God wants to kill you, or the devil wants to kill you today? The devil wants to kill the saved person so that that saved person cannot be, would not be any longer a witness for him. He wants to kill the unsafe people so they'll drop off into the pits of hell. And I want you to know something else. Hell is not the grave. Now the rich man, we've read about him, how that when he died, he went to hell. People will translate that into the word of Hades. We understand that. And they will try to tell you that's simply the grave. Well, how come he was suffering in fire? How come he was in torments if that is only the grave? If hell mentioned there is only the grave? No, hell is a real place. And hell is not a, simply a state of mind. I've used this recently in a broadcast, how that one man from England he said, I'm getting sick and tired of people saying there is a hell. Hell is like a little...
child going through a supermarket and losing a parent to that child, there, that is hell. Well, I got news for that fellow. Hell is real. Billy Sunday said, five minutes after a person is in hell, they'll believe in it. Well, I got news for you. When they drop into the pits of hell right then, they know there is a hell. Well, that's the place of hell. What about the path of hell? I believe the path of hell uh, is walking past God's mercy. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 29, it says, Of how much sorer punishment suppose ye shall uh, he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified in the holy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. Now I want to point out some things within that verse. The blood of the covenant, an unholy thing, the Spirit of grace. For those who have trampled on and made fun of and have treated the shed blood of Jesus Christ as evil, gory, they will receive a greater future punishment, I believe, in the fire of hell because they have turned it into lasciviousness. Can you imagine saying that the blood of Christ is gory? And there are people today who say that. Well, that's a path to hell. Walking past His mercy, ignoring God. Good works. That's another name for another path to hell. Well, preacher, I don't think I'm so bad. I'm pretty good. You know, I, I give to the poor. I send money to Haiti. Uh, I support missionaries. And uh, I'm pretty good. I don't think I'm going to go to hell. Well, you're going there if you've never trusted Christ. Because good works is not going to get you to heaven. In Matthew 7, 21, it says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. God sent His Son to die for us on the cross. And it's His will for every person in this world to get saved. That's His will. Good works won't take you to heaven. And I'll tell you something else. Those who teach baptism leads to heaven are actually leading people down the pathway to hell. Those people who teach that, they're on their way to hell. You say, well, I don't think you should judge anyone like that. I don't. The Word of God does. The Word of God says if you teach anything other than the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, crucified, buried, and resurrected, and if you teach that and you believe that, you're on your way to hell. And all those people who follow you and believe what you're saying, they're on their way to hell. If that's the case, if baptism was the way to heaven, then why did Paul write this? For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Those who teach that baptism leads to heaven are saying the cross of Christ is useless. Now, these people are leading others to hell, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. We're going to talk about the lake of fire in just a moment. Well, the place of hell, it's real. The path of hell, there's, there's ways. There's ways that lead uh, you know, to destruction. And notice the pain of hell. Remember the rich man. He saw. He heard. He talked. And he felt. 
He was conscious of pain. He said, I am tormented in this flame. That's not a parable, folks. That's real. I am tormented in this flame. Abraham said this, Son, remember. Do you remember? Do you remember the times you heard the Word of God and you ignored it? And you left a place like this and you said, I don't care what the preacher said. I don't care what he says or what God says. I'm going to go my way. Well, you may split hell wide open before you get home today. If you're listening today, you need to take heed. You could drop right now. God is warning you. Remember the times you heard the Holy Spirit speak to your heart, that still small voice within you. Revelation twenty two seventeen. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Whosoever, not just a select few, but whosoever wants to be saved can be saved through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And remember the times that you heard the invitation to accept Jesus Christ. But you refused. There is no mercy in hell. The rich man foolishly chose, he chose to go to hell. The rich man waited too long to accept the mercy of God. He said, have mercy on me. It was too late. The rich man said one too many times, uh, he, he said it too many times. He heard he had the opportunity, but he waited too long. He saw in hell. He could see in hell. He lifted up his eyes and seeth Abraham. He heard. Abraham said, son, remember. And he talked. He cried. But it was too late. There is no mercy in hell. The place of hell, it's real. The path of hell, there's many. The pain of hell, it's real. And now the prayer of hell. You mean people pray in hell? Constantly. Constantly. And in our text today, the rich man prayed for mercy, but there was no mercy. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, for I am tormented in this flame. And did you know the, the rich man became a beggar, asking for one drop of water. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. He's praying. He's praying. And you've heard this before. The rich man became a missionary in hell. He asked Father Abraham to send someone to his house, to his home, to his brothers, to warn them of the place of hell that they would not come to this place. The place of hell, it's real. The path of hell, there's many, many ways. The pain of hell, it's real. The prayer of hell, it's too late. It's too late. Now the prison of hell. Hell is a prison. People in hell are there waiting for their final destination. The lake of fire. There is no escape. There's no way out. Revelation 20.14 says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is what? The second death. You mean those people who go to hell, they're going to die again? You better believe it. You think hell is bad, bad now. Wait till they go to the lake of fire. My Bible says it's going to be even worse. The second death will take place in the lake of fire. 
Hell is a prison. Right now, and I've heard it, I've, I've heard it uh, compared to a, a, a jail cell when somebody gets arrested and they're placed there, placed in a holding cell. They're placed there to wait for their whatever takes place, whatever they're going to have pronounced upon them. Well, that's about what it is. They're there just waiting to go to the lake of fire. Because the Bible says every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord at the white throne judgment for the unsaved people. But it's too late. There is no more mercy of God. They're going to be cast into the lake of fire. Place of hell. The path of hell. The pain of hell. The prayer of hell. The prison of hell. And finally, the people of hell and the lake of fire. Revelation 21.8 talks about this. Those in hell now and all those who reject Christ will go there to the lake of fire. Well, who are they? They're Christ rejectors. I don't have anything to do with God. I don't, I don't believe. I've met so many people some people have said, I've, I was actually saved. I was actually a Sunday school teacher. But I get out of here. I don't believe that thing's about God. They're Christ rejectors. The religious crowd. That's those people who want to shove a peanut with their nose up the aisle thinking they're going to get saved. That's those people who crawl on their knees to worship some idol and their knees are bloody. That's the religious crowd. The religious crowd. The reformed people. Turning over a new leaf. I might say that's like a foxhole religion. God, get me out of this and I'll never do it again. I'll serve you, God. And the moment they climb out of that foxhole, they forget everything about God. That's foxhole religion. Reprobates. These reprobates are ungodly. They are rejected of God. Their souls are damned. Revelation 21.8, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and the, the murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Well, preacher, I don't think I'm too bad. Have you ever told a lie? Have you ever cheated on your wife or your husband? Have you ever killed someone? You can kill them with your mouth. You can kill them with a knife. Preach, I don't think I'm so bad. Have you done any of those things? Then God says you're guilty of all of them. And you need my Son, Jesus Christ, as your Savior. How awful it would be for you to have a Christless death. How awful it would be for you to have a Christless funeral. How awful it would be for you to have a Christless eternity where the mercies of God is no longer there. And Christian, let me ask you this. How awful, awful it would be for you, for one of your loved ones who goes to hell without you ever warning them about the fire. You need to warn people. You need to tell people that there is a literal burning hell. Jude 1, and 23. Uh, I've actually had people say, now look, you're not to scare people into hell. I, was, I, I may have shared this with you once before, but I had an, uh, 
evangelists come in and speak at the church, and, and we went down to the hospital to see this man whom I'd spoken to and witnessed to, but he would not get saved. We went into that hospital. He had cirrhosis of the liver, and he was dying. We went into that room, and, and one of the first things that this evangelist said, Sir, you're going to go straight to hell if you don't get saved and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. And, and God helped me. I repented over this, what I did next. I, I reprimanded that evangelist. I said, look, this man's on his deathbed. Uh, you shouldn't go in there with both feet on him like that. And almost immediately, I was reprimanded by God. By God. And some have compassion. And of some have compassion. Making a difference. And others save with fear. Pulling them out of the fire. Did you catch that? And some with fear. Pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. We're not to cut corners. We're to have compassion. But we're also to tell people how it is. Don't cut corners. Let people know that there is a heaven. Let them know that there is a hell. What's the answer? Psalm 85 and verse 10. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Where did this happen? Where did all of this come together? Righteousness and peace and mercy and truth. It was on the cross of Jesus Christ. On the cross of Calvary. Mercy was there. See, mercy, when we think of that, God had mercy on me. He had mercy on you. He has mercy on everybody. And He's asking you to trust Him as your Lord and Savior. And if you've done that, that's good. Because I'll see you in heaven one day. But if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, remember, He died on the cross for you as well. His mercy was exhibited there. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. John Rice said this, What a compelling motive we have for prayer, for preaching, for soul winning. When we learn that every responsible human being who leaves this world without a definite change in heart immediately lifts his eyes in hell tormented in flame. Depth of mercy, can there be? Mercy still reserved for me? Can my God His wrath forbear? Me the chief of sinners spare? I have long withstood His grace, long provoked Him to His face, would not hearken to His cause, grieved Him by a thousand falls. Therefore me, the Savior stands, shows His wounds and spreads His hands. God is love. I know, I feel. Jesus weeps, but loves me still. Charles Wesley wrote that in a song. And let me ask you today, if you were to die right now, where would you be? Would you be with the rich man? He's still there, by the way. Would you be with the rich man in hell? You don't have to be. You can trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today by saying, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I want you as my Lord and Savior. Remember, whosoever will, call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. God wants you to go to heaven. He does not want you to go to hell. 
He wants heaven to be your eternal home. And think of this. Those people who have died with Jesus Christ, they're still, they're still having the mercies of God shed abroad for them. But those people who have died and gone to hell, God's mercy has run out. Don't let God's mercy run out for you.